Hi, I'm Mike Sklens, and this is episode 22 of Nintendo World Report's Connectivity. We're starting off with a news roundtable this week. Then, Neil, Danny B, and Don talk about Sakura Samurai Art of the Sword. Finally, we've got a discussion on used games with Zach, Scott, and Andy. As always, don't forget to send your thoughts to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com and help us out by reviewing the show on iTunes. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Connect... I was about to say newscast. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another edition of Connectivity, and uh, we've got some really good news, as we've got the the more or less the regular crew, minus our our man in Japan, Danny Bivens, but we've got Scott Thompson. Hello. Zach Miller. Yeah. Mike Sklenz. Bonjour. And Patrick Barnett. Hello. And we are pleased to announce that we're going to have a panel at PAX East (laughs) on Friday, April 6th. Good Friday. A very good Friday indeed. Um, Not only, if you believe in it, does Jesus die, (laughs) but we're also going to have live connectivity jeopardy. I think that's the better thing. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus died, connectivity live jeopardy. I don't know which is better. It's tough. I heard there might be some kind of keynote going on at that time, but you should just skip it. Probably. Yeah, uh, literally as PAX opens, we will begin our panel. You know, it's just going to be Will Wheaton. Nobody cares about him, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But we're okay with that because I honestly didn't think we had any shot in getting a panel. So, okay, whatever. It'll just end up being us just playing Jeopardy by ourselves. It'll be just like recording a normal episode. (laughs) Except there'll be more echo. Yeah. Yeah. And and we uh, we will be recording it in some fashion. Um... You know, while we have not, well, I guess Mike and I have participated in it, but we do have experience with recording these kinds of panels, so it should be fine, and we'll be able to have that for everyone who's not there. But if you are going to PAX East, or if you were on the fence about it, you can uh, come see us on Friday and hang out with us and eat dim sum, play video games and shit. It'll be great. Unfortunately, it'll only be Scott and me, um, because everyone else can't go. Kind of a drive. It, it would be kind of a drive for me <laughs> from Alaska. Yeah. You have to. I wonder if you can plug that into Google Maps, and they're like, just drive four days from Canada. I think it would just say, "Don't bother. Just <laughs> go east." It would say, "Go to Pax Prime." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will be writing questions with some other people. So yeah, and yes. it'll be a so full. Every- it'll be a full Jeopardy round. None of this. None of this silly little three categories per round. We're going to do. Six categories. It, it, it might not be. What? Zach and I are, well, I will tell you now that Zach and I are collaborating on a Penny Arcade category. Yes. We should yeah, do two be Penny good. Arcade categories. One easy one for single. We'll do one for each round. Yeah. The current rough draft for the panel is that probably half of it will be Jeopardy, and the other half will be some sort of more listener interaction. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because we can't really involve the listeners, or the, I guess the audience members, if we just do a straight fucking game of Jeopardy, Zach. For an hour, yeah. Who cares? It's connectivity. We have to <laughs> Screw connect. you, yeah. listeners. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so there might be some one-on-one trivia or at least yeah. just some Q&A or something. Yeah. But, um, so Scott and I will be there. We'll be emceeing the event. Um, my, my lovely wife, Lauren, will be Vanna Whiting it up, even <laughs> though that's a different show. But, um... Well, we'll probably we'll have to call it something have... other than Jeopardy, too. Yeah. Um, Connectory, or, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, Carl Castaneda will be a part of the panel as well, and we're looking into possibly getting a special guest, and, uh, I think we will have, regardless of anything, we will have three contestants for Jeopardy. 
Um, we're still figuring things out, but we will have more confirmed details as time goes on. So check out the website, listen to the podcast, and you'll be all up to date on that. Yeah. We're going to, and also, uh, Radio Free Nintendo's having another panel as well. Theirs is on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Both of the panels are in the Arachnid Theater. Um, I know Johnny's playing some, uh, hopefully big things for the RFN panel. I know he's definitely going. Greg, probably not. Hopefully James and John, well, I would, I would assume Lindemann's going to be there because he fucking lives in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Considering that I, I, I think we're staying at his apartment in some way, shape, or form, so I would hope that he's going to go. Or else that would be weird. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be really cool. We're going to have more than just the panels playing, too. Like, hopefully, like, you know, it'll be like, you know, meet up in the board game room and play some shit. Yeah. Good times. Or the, the, very, retro, very the retro games. That's where yes. I want to be. The retro game. That's usually where I am anyway. Yeah. So it works out. You should play Talisman. Um, We'd have to, like, maybe if we could bring a little, like, four-track recorder, it'd be cool to do a recorder segment from PAX, too. Like, afterwards, actually, back um, in the hotel or something. Um, we, we did that. Or at least, I know, Mike was a part of the, the Magic cast. Oh, there was um, a Magic cast, and then there was the Drunk cast from 2010, that also. Yes. Uh, and then there was the Drunk cast from 2011, which shall remain unreleased forever. Yeah, yes. see, this is Red exactly, Velvet. this is what I want to happen. I still listen to it from <laughs> it'll, it'll be time. a good time. Um, but, yeah. Um, so anyway, we're here to talk about the news. I guess. And let's start off with, uh, I guess we'll call this the trifecta of news stories where Neil beats his chest and is just like, what? I broke this shit. <laughs> um, first off, uh, Madden is coming to Wii this year, which is kind of weird. That is. Um, a little bit. Uh, I mean, as, as a big fan of those games, I'm glad to see it, but it just also seems kind of weird that Madden NFL 13 is coming to the Wii in August, possibly like a month or two before Wii U comes out. But it's not really that weird because usually Madden's the last game released on every system ever. That's true. Yeah, I mean, didn't the PS2 get like, oh, like up to just a few years ago was still getting Madden games? I'm pretty sure they got yeah. Madden last year, but yeah, was Madden nice. 12 was the last PS2 yeah. game. Yeah, because I think they were just porting the Wii version or vice versa for a while. Well, I guess I guess I'll do my little bit of explaining because I am kind of oddly intimately familiar with the series on Wii. Um, it was a straight up PS2 port with Waggle. Yeah. For, from 07 to 09. Uh, the games, not the year. I guess it would be 06 to 08 then. Um, and then there was a, a, I want to say a smaller team at Tiburon that then started developing a, a Wii, a Wii Madden game exclusive for the system. And that was Madden NFL 10. And then they followed up and iterated on that for 11, 12, and I assume 13. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love them. They're definitely, I mean, they do kind of look graphically a little bad, but I have a lot of fun with them. I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like the, it's like the B movie of Madden games. And <laughs> I really me, enjoy that. It drives me nuts that they name it a year ahead. Well, it's because the season uh, technically ends. A majority of the season is in yeah. the year it well, starts. You want to know what the worst shit was? It's baseball inst- games used to be like that. So, like, the the baseball game that would be coming out in March for the season that runs from March 2012 to October 2012 would be, like, MLB 2K13. Yeah, which makes uh, no they changed sense. That. There, there was one year where there was basically, like, it was, like, 2K6 and then 2K6 again or something. It, something it's weird worse like that for NCAA because NCAA 12 came out last year. In Everything the NCAA, like the championship there game. are like maybe like a dozen games played between New Year's and the national championship. Yeah. Maybe. Probably closer to eight. Eight games, and they named it after that year. Well, I mean, I would assume with that one, that's more because 
Madden is uh Yeah, they keep it the same year yeah. as Madden. They don't want to make it look behind, but they should just they should both be the year they start. Yeah. yeah. I, I kinda I, I kind of agree with that, but it's also at this point like it's they can't so do it because they have to they, skip they a year or yeah. double down on a year. Yep. Um but yeah, so Madden is coming to Wii. But oddly enough, Madden is not coming to three D S. And Madden NFL football was a three D S launch game that was actually That's probably um, why. It was it was developed by EA's North Carolina studio, and as far as I know, it was basically built from the ground up, especially for 3DS. Like I think they may have used some assets from other games. I don't think they used anything for the Wii game. I want to say it was like you know a, maybe a better version of the PS2 game or the PSP game or something. But that was made for the 3DS, was a launch title, and now it is dead for all we know. So yeah, seems weird, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's especially. Surprising. Well, I would assume that the Wii version is probably, I mean, uh, maybe the sales are actually good on the Wii version. And, I mean, at this point, they're probably just committed to bringing it out. Whereas, I guess the 3DS version, because they had the launch game, maybe they had time to look at the sales and be like, eh, it's not worth it. I guess so. But don't you think they're going to make a version for Vita? And can't they just kind of scale it back some? They they are. They are making a version for Vita. So they're making one for... We'll see how poorly that sells. Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, I think the PSP Madden games did very well. Um, Yeah, but but no one owns a Vita. I was going to say it to consider the install base. Um, The the Madden games on DS were also discontinued after Madden 2009 because... No one they plays didn't football sell play. well, and they did not really perform up uh, expectations. No, anyone um, who's into Madden is going to buy it on a console. Yeah, yeah, most likely. And I think there there is that PSP thing. I actually, um, there was like a, a two-month period when I was in college where I worked a second job at a GameStop. Um, and a New York Giants player actually came in and bought a PSP that came with Madden. Nice. So I, I think that might be the market for Madden on PSP. Well, he travels a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think they'll port, like, the HD version of Madden to Wii U when it comes out? Most definitely. Even oh, if yeah. it comes out, like, in November or December or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure they've done that for every major console launch ever. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think I think that, I mean, you do get into that kind of gray area where it's like, I don't think Vita's getting a Madden game. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's way off base, whereas, you know, like, Wii got a Madden game at launch, PS3, 360. 3DS. I think GameCube... Um, Xbox and PS2 all got Madden games at launch, even though they came out, you know, in November. Mm-hmm. It's still in the football season. Yeah. I mean, I still think Madden launching with the 3DS was kind of weird because it was like football ended two months ago. Now play this vid- football video game. <laughs> so, Neil, would would you pick up Madden on Wii when it comes out, or would you just wait for Wii U then? Um, I at this point, like I I adore the Madden Wii games, and it's the kind of thing where at this point, like I'm I'm locked in. Whatever Wii Madden games come out, I'll, I'll totally get. <laughs> Although I have thought, it, especially with uh with my newly added Connect and Madden 13 on 360 supported Connect, I, I I might go 360 and oh god, so I can you know like I I, I they better know the turn up the play clock because it's gonna take forever to call plays with your hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You have to draw the plays out on the on the screen. <laughs> no, but I mean, in all honesty, I actually have thought about that. Maybe I will get the HD version of the next one, but I'm I'm not really sure. It's too far out. Yeah. I'd like to actually see what they're going to add to both the Wii and the the 360 PS3 version before I make my call. I would have gotten the 3DS version in a heartbeat, though. Yeah. And that that's what's kind of the big bummer is that I was really looking forward to, especially after playing the launch title Madden game, because um, if you read my review. Um, it's it's a very solid game of football. It's just that like 
there was nothing around it. There was no franchise mode. There was basically just like a season mode that didn't even track statistics throughout. Like it would like you would play each game and it would keep track of your record, but it would not keep track of like you know this quarterback threw for four touchdowns. It would just like reset at the end of every game. That's so mm. weird. I mean, yeah, like, like it, but it was like when you played the game, it was great. It's just that there was nothing else. What was our next story? Um, Mario Tennis Open might be the name of the new Mario Tennis game on 3DS. Uh, according to a Gamefly listing. And it also gave it a release date of May 20th. However, the day after uh, this Gamefly listing was put up, it was taken down. Oh. And when uh, I uh, contacted Nintendo for comment, um, I made some cheeky remark about how you're probably just going to say yeah, Nintendo does not comment on rumors and speculation. <laughs> and then they replied, and they were like, you're right, Nintendo does not comment <laughs> on rumors and speculation. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. Um, so it could be. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty credible because Gamefly has done a couple things like that before. Like, I think they spoiled the past two Spider-Man games, um, like at least, or at least like the re- the exact release dates. And I think one of the characters in Shattered Dimension, and I think the existence of Edge of Time. Um, yeah, I think you're right. So I think that uh, I think it's pretty legit. I mean, it might not be exactly May twentieth, and you know, the name could change, but. I guess we're looking at Mario Tennis being our next 3DS game after Spirit Camera, or at least our next 3DS game from Nintendo. Um, I'm excited for Mario Tennis. I would play the play the hell out of that game. This is going to be my guys? first Mario Tennis game, so I'm I never got RPG I never got into Mario me. Tennis. Yeah, I played it on a rented Virtual Boy a lot, but that's it. Yeah, I, I think I've actually I'm well now. Um, well, no, I, I played play- a good amount of it on one of either the GameCube or. Maybe the N64. I played a lot of um, it. One of my N64. friends had it, and we played a little bit of it, I guess. I really like the <laughs> N64 version. I got the new Play Control version. Uh, I did not really dig that too much of uh, Mario Power Tennis, the GameCube one. Mm. Um, and the, the Game Boy ones are pretty good because, you know, they got that whole RPG thing going for them. Um, and, and Mario's Tennis on Virtual Boy is rather excellent. And it's the first Mario it's Tennis first game, one. actually. actually. Um, but, yeah. Uh, our next story is that Japan gets uh, the first set of 3DS DLC. Um, I'm woefully under underprepared for this one. I, I kind of tuned it out once I saw that it was some kind of Mario exploitation. Yeah. Did either of you guys actually look at this? Nope. Shit. But there it is. It is proven. It, it exists, and it is a thing that you can spend money on. Yep. Yeah. Which is um, the first Thana, for Nintendo the rhythm things were beaten out. They were supposed to be... The uh, the first games with DLC. I think this was just some kind of like skin or like stationary. Yeah, it was kind of in thing. a Tobidasu Print Club Kiradeko Revolution, a photo booth application in the on the eShop in Japan. Oh yeah, so and it's basically, basically just like more stickers oh, or some kind of shit. We're missing yeah. out. Yeah, you you could uh you could get all these different downloadable packs of stickers and backgrounds. Oh boy! Uh, each pack costs a hundred yen. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> but according to Don Koopman, uh, the whole experience was easy to do, um, so that's cool. That's I believe you can do in-game been. purchasing. But, yeah. So, uh, DLC. It's a thing. Woo. We're gonna see more of it. It's only like seven or eight years late now. Yeah. Isn't Zen Pinball getting downloadable tables soon? Yeah, I know, um, I believe... Yeah, and so is, um, so is Pinball Arcade when that comes out. It'll have downloadable yeah. tables. On Zen Pinball 3D, uh, the guys Zen Studios who made that made some comment that I think they said like it'll be announced in like two or three months. And when they said that, if you looked ahead two or three months, it was around GDC. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking we might hear more about Nintendo's 
or Nintendo of America's DLC plans at GDC. That would make sense. Um, I, I know that this is like considered the first foray into DLC for Nintendo, and I guess first party it is, but wasn't there DLC for the um, Final Fantasy WiiWare game? Oh, yeah, and there were also, I mean, Rock Band songs and stuff, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nintendo-specific, Nintendo the yeah. first paid DLC they've done. That's true. Um, but, yeah, yeah, because they did have stuff on uh, on Wii. I mean, the Rock Band and Guitar Hero songs. Samba de Amigo had shit you could get. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the Final Fantasy, Crystal Chronicles, My Life as a King. That's right. what it was, yeah. I still remember that. I liked that game for what it was. From everyone that I talked to, it was very good. I just, it, it's not really my type of game. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't mine either, which is why I stopped playing it after a while. <laughs> but it's just it, something new that was different. Yeah. yeah. Um, Radiant Historia is getting a reprint. I believe that's coming out in March. Yes. Um, this excellent RPG from Atlas that if you guys don't have, you should totally get it. And if I you like, like Super <laughs> Nintendo era RPGs. How can you yeah. not? I was going to say, this, this sounds awesome, and I, I really want to get it. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of most RPGs, actually. Okay, so everyone except for Mike, get this game. I was like, Pokemon. Very good. Pokemon's. I just, yes, I just finished, Pokemans. I just finished Chrono Cross, and I was like thinking, man, I want like an old school RPG to play. Like, I need a new the one. Po- the problem I have one. with old school RPGs is they are almost universally way too fucking long for me to play. Do you need I kind to, of agree do you need with to you? wash uh, Chrono Cross out of your mouth or something, Scott? No, I, I've never I, played Chrono Cross. I, I, I do like Chrono, Chrono Trigger Cross. a lot. Chrono Trigger is one of the only ones I've beaten. I, lo- I loved Chrono Cross, actually, and I, I loved how it tied into Chrono Trigger. Um, I think we're actually yeah. going to do a bonus segment about that. Yeah, I soon. need to refresh my memory. When I get my PS3 back, I might have to put that in and refresh my memory about that game. I, I really dug Chrono Cross, like, warts and all. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's definitely got its parts where you're just like, really? That's what they're doing to <laughs> these characters from Chrono yeah. Trigger? Like, seriously? But it's, I really like that game. Um, I mean, with me, with the, these kind of RPGs, is I'm very picky about it. I'm not the kind of person who's just going to play anything that resembles a Super Nintendo RPG or an RPG in general. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I mean, like, I love me some Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy IV. I like the Dragon Quest games a lot, you know. But I don't have any interest in going out and playing, like, and basically everything that's not on a DS that, that Square Enix puts out. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's my thing, is that, like, it needs to be special in some way. And Radiant Historia is that to a T. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really it's probably one of the freshest RPGs I've played in years, and I mean maybe that that will be a that'll be set back by Xenoblade when I finally play that when it comes out in April. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Yeah, I have I have a pre-order from GameStop, and I I know Patrick, you had the same issue that I yeah. had when you pre-ordered at GameStop, and they're just like no one else is pre-ordering this. <laughs> oh really? Maybe I should pre-order mine then. Yeah, just I mean, well, they're not going to get any in. That's how GameStop works: is they punish you for not pre-ordering. Yeah, it's not stocking the same it. shit with the Circle Pad, where uh, I actually pre-ordered my Circle Pad two days before it came out, and they got the one that I pre-ordered and one other Circle Pad. Yeah, it was it was the yeah. same at my GameStop actually. Same thing. They they got two. One was reserved by the uh, the guy who worked there, and then the other one I bought. <laughs> I still haven't gotten my Circle Pad because everyone's sold out everywhere. You can buy them online direct from Nintendo. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. Okay. Then it's, you don't have to support the evil empire. Right. It's it's so awesome. It makes Resident Evil so much better. And it really does. I mean, it's not that Resident Evil is lacking outside of that, but it's very good. Hmm. Um, we also have uh, the Metal Gear Solid 3D demo is coming out. Uh, well, as of, recor- as of recording tomorrow, as of you listening to this, it is already out. So let us know how it is. <laughs> um, I'm excited to play this. Um, 
Much like the Resident Evil Revelations demo, I, I, I have no intention of getting the game. Um, I enjoyed the Revelations demo, I'm just not that into the series. Um, and same with this, I've already, plus I've already played through most of Snake Eater, and I'm not gonna play it on a friggin' portable, even if it is in 3D. Yeah. It's too big of a game to play on a tiny screen like that. I don't know when, I, honestly, I don't understand why these companies, I decide to do things like that. I guess it's just easier to port an existing game over, and it's a good, I guess, test to see how it is working with the hardware. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I never played it. I'll only, play it. I'll play the, the only, demo. It's, yeah, it's the only mainline, uh, Metal Gear game I never played, so I'm kind of, uh, excited to try the demo and see if it's, it's worth picking up. It's, I've played all of them. It's probably the one I played the least of, though I really enjoyed it. Um, it's got a lot of really interesting mechanics. It's, uh, it probably stands alone better than any of the other ones. Yeah, I hear Except I hear for maybe the original Metal Gear Solid 2. Forget about the story is... I mean, it's a great it's, game, but the story is a mess. It is. It really uh, you, is. It, you really have to play all the other games. And 4 is the same way in that the story is very reliant on you knowing what the fuck is going on in all of these other games. Well, yeah, um, because it, it tries to tie everything together, yeah. and it's just yeah, it ties, way too tries, much. It's good, though. 4 is really good. It's just super complicated. I never... I got to the last, like... It's split into, like, five acts, and I got to the last act of it, and I just... I can't do it. It's just, Well, you're probably for the best. The final fight in that game just turns into, like, a Tekken match. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of figured that it does. Spoiler it, like, alert! It literally but, uh, does. It's so spoiler bad. alert. But I kind of figured that the best part of Metal Gear Solid Four was almost certainly the part where you got to pilot fucking Metal Gear yes. X. And I, I basically like I played like the first like twenty minutes after that, and I was like, "There's no way the game could be better after this. I'm just gonna stop." Like, the Metal Gear Rex part was so, like, sneaking back into Outer Haven, yes. and, like, going through all of Metal Gear Solid, basically, again, and then, at, but at the end, you get to fucking drive Metal Gear Rex, it's so great. Yeah, it was and really fight great. fight Yeah, that was the, that's the best part in any Metal Gear Solid game. And, and uh, it, I, I don't know if you guys played uh, Dead Space 2, but Dead Space 2 has a very similar kind of nostalgic area. It does, yeah, no, Dead Space 2 is awesome, and yeah, when you, when you board the ship from the first game... Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I always hoped they would, like, quickly make another Metal Gear game with, like, the same engine as 4, because I thought the mechanics were really well implemented. It was just that story was so terrible. I was um, kind of excited for that game when it first was announced. That was the game that I it. bought a PlayStation 3 for. Oh, yeah, me I too. I actually that. bought the game before I bought a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Neil, I, I mean, you could probably find it for like five bucks now. I would totally oh, do yeah. that. Like, I, I, I thought about good. it, but I, at this point I actually have a, I have Metal Gear Solid 3D pre-ordered. I've never played Snake Eater, so oh, that's, okay. there's a really that's great my Metal Gear game in, I'm going to play. There's a really great part in 4 where you're like, like it's almost like, like a, like a film noir, like espionage kind of thing where you're sneaking through like some like Eastern European city, I think. Yeah. 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 That part's really good. I actually really thought awesome. that part was kind of frustrating, but... I thought, it, well, it was definitely frustrating, but thematically, I think it hit home more than any other part of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I because mean, it really did feel Eastern European. The rest of the game felt kind of like, well, you're outside somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're in the Middle East or whatever, and that, and although obviously Act 4, where you go back to Outer Haven, that hit home really well, too. Oh, but that's yeah. because it's Outer Haven, and you already know what the fuck is it's all about. And I, I, love, yeah. I love when they drop you in at first, and it's in, like, the PS1 graphics. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They like to play gags like that. To bring it to bring it back to the demo, though, I hope they <laughs> show you how you can use the cameras to like make camouflage. You know, like aren't you supposed to be able to like take pictures of like yeah. your couch and make camouflage from it? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it'll be like the worst. I don't know why anyone it would do it. So it's going to be shit. Well, it's 
you're not going to blend in with anything. No, I know. I, I do remember at <laughs> E3, um, we actually, I think it was James and I were in like a, a round table where I was interviewing like a producer of the game. And there was a translator and stuff. And they were talking about how like, I guess there was some Konami event and they were like, our big reveal of you can take picture of camouflage and have it in the game. I'm like, really? really? That's what you're fucking adding to this game? Like, I just want to play the game at this Great. point. Great. Like, so now I can have my dog's edition. face. Yeah, I have my dog's face plastered all over my outfit. Exactly. <laughs> or my dick. Yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me. Well, I know what I'm doing in the demo tomorrow. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'll be at work during my lunch break putting, like, like, what are you doing with your 3DS down your pants? I need camouflage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do. I don't know. I think this will be the fourth, maybe fifth time I've played Metal Gear Solid 3. Wow, uh, this will I, be the first. I just started it on the HD collection, and boy, does it look good in <laughs> I HD. Think all Metal Gear, I think all Metal Gear Solid games would be better if they were given the Twin Snakes treatment and just made turn turn everything up to eleven. Okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Twin Snakes was great. That was really my that was my first experience to the series, and I played one and two, but I never played three, so it kind of works out. That I played a little bit of two, but Twin Snakes is so fucking good. Yeah. The best part Silicon in Twin Knights, Snakes is when he when, is when he jumps off a rocket. Um, yeah, exactly. yes, and then fires his <laughs> own rocket at the hind. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so over the top. So it's great. so over the top. They're like, "Hey, we saw this movie, The Matrix. Let's uh, yeah, let's see exactly." <laughs> Plus, it's got all like the little Silicon Knights references in it. That's fun. Yeah, I mean yeah. that stuff is cool. And then like you can find like the little like Mario and Yoshi dolls like on the like computer yeah. desk somewhere. And then there's a picture of Dennis Dyack. Yep. yep. Oh yeah. I, I love when when game developers used to put pictures of themselves and everything. Yeah. I know Geist and Geist, they're all over the place. Yeah, and Geist are all over that game. Wasn't there even? Uh, wasn't Miyamoto? Wasn't there a picture of Miyamoto like in the uh, Psycho? It was, it's fight? Miyamoto, Dayak, and Kojima are all yeah, in yeah. Psycho Mantis's yeah. room laughing awesome. at you. Nice. So oh, that's good. right. Yeah, I remember that now. Or even or even back in uh, the Goldeneye days, where it's just like all the scientists and weapons were just guys from Rare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good old Ken Lobb, worst yep. gun in the game. It was. <laughs> on purpose. But yeah, um, well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last uh, the last bit of news is that Roller Coaster Tycoon 3D, published by Atari and developed by Enspace, is currently on hold. Um, as far as I know, like this game's pretty much done. I just don't know what the hell Atari's doing. Um, then again, The Core Gang, which was a game that came out last year for Wii, was a game that I think was finished and released in Europe about a year or two, a year or two before the game came out in North America. So Atari is just fucking crazy. Yeah, Atari you know? is so mismanaged. It's, it's like, kind of how amazing. are they still around? And <laughs> they, I mean, this—they're not really. They, they are a name that has been traded between yeah. like three or four different companies. So yep. that's all they are now—is a name. Yep. Yeah, and the name has no, absolutely no credibility left to it. So I don't oh, know why no. people keep buying it. Yeah. The only people who still think Atari is a credible name are like your grandmother. <laughs> oh, Atari, they make games, I'll buy one for little Neil. Or like, like or those dorks who just wear like Atari t-shirts that buy at Target. Yeah. It's got nostalgia na- value. Like on a t-shirt, it almost looks kind of cool still, but no one would be caught dead buying an Atari game. First of all, I don't even know what games they make apart from, I know they make Roller Coaster Tycoon. And shitty yeah. Godzilla well, they fighting games. Uh, oh, yeah. The Centipede game last year. <clears throat> That was by way forward, so it can't be that bad. 
I mean, they're really just a publisher. They don't even make yeah. games. They yeah. ma- they were making games a couple years ago. I feel like maybe a decade ago they were still making... Yeah. When they were, well, they were owned they, by uh, some French company, I think. Infograms, or however... Yeah, Infogram owned them. Yeah. Um, and they were making shit games back then. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some listener mail. Uh, we got a bunch from our good friend Kentucky Tim. Um, I'm just going to rattle them off, and uh, yeah, I'll we'll just do them one by one. Assign them to each of us. Um, oh, yeah, give us, each of us a question to answer. That's good. Because there's a lot of us on this panel. Yeah, might as well. All right. Copy-paste uh, that shit, Neil. Will the Wii U controller allow Wii and Virtual Console games to be streamed to the controller screen? Patrick. <laughs> um, Sorry. Virtual Console games, I can see it. Probably new Virtual Console games. I'm still a little iffy on whether it's going to allow you to transfer the games over from your Wii. So you're in Wii. that camp. Well, they let you transfer games from 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 DSi to 3DS, so they've, yeah. they've got I think it more it's, I think it's going to happen. It's inevitable yeah. that the VC games should happen, that have come but out. It's Nintendo, and I just don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, you just never See, know. See, if, if DSiWare games were not able to be transferred to 3DS, I would agree with you, but right. they were. So I think we're going to be able to have the VC games go to we Wii We better, because I've got, like... I mean, we all have yeah. a good chunk of change on in VC games. I mean, I think the WiiWare games will will be going will be there too. I mean, I imagine yeah. there might be some games, much like how like uh, you know, there's a couple of DSiWare games that didn't make it, or even like when you have Rock Band one and two and export to Rock Band three, you're missing some songs. Like licenses might have expired, yeah. companies might be dead. At the very least, all your there first party some, games should yeah, transfer over. All the Nintendo games will probably be able to be transferred over, but like for example, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was delisted from uh, the VC recently, that's not going to be able to be transferred over. Yeah, you're probably Sad. right. Assuming they do transfer over, though, I'm sure they're going to be able to be streamed to the controller. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. They are being transferred over. Right. I, that seems like it a, would be. It would be such level. a bad like. People think that. Oh, yeah, people will just be pissed for a week. No, this will harbor a lot of resentment. <laughs> and I think if Nintendo were to do a move like this, it would almost be the kind of thing where it's like, this is where they lost their fans. <laughs> like, you can mark that one event where it's just like, they just flipped their middle finger and they're like, you're going to buy this shit again. Yeah. And it might not happen directly after that because, let, let's get real, we probably will buy this shit again. But that would be uh... a... At beginning of the end, yeah, the, part I of the feel. problem, the Wii, U, the Wii U too. But I was, I'm hoping that uh, when the Wii U comes out, they they're gonna be like, and we've got like a hundred new games on all the console, like all the virtual consoles, since we haven't released well, anything in like a year. I hope they at least have like, uh, you know, when we launched, they had like fifteen, twenty VC games came out with it. I hope they have something like that. Yeah, they'll maybe, push. Maybe they do have a couple, you know. Like, maybe there's a GameCube game on it. Maybe, like, Luigi's Mansion is going to be downloadable. Oh, it's so great. That, well, is, that would be that, fucking amazing. Is, isn't that a question coming up that Kentucky Tim asks it, about? It, I think uh, so. Yeah. Uh, finally, what are the merits of a service like the like the Virtual Console? Will GameCube really? and Dreamcast games be available for the Wii U's Virtual Console? Scott, what? answer that one. Oh. Ooh, shit. On the spot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think that'd be really great. I don't, I don't see why not. Um, yeah, I could definitely see Dreamcast coming. Uh, Saturn, I think, would be kind of out of the question because of how hard it is to emulate Saturn. GameCube, I, I think, will be a question of whether or not the unit can still play discs. Yeah. Mm. The new think, Wii's don't. I was so. going to say, I think they're going to take that out. I mean, the new Wii's don't. So it, I think it, well, actually, Wii U, um, you guys should read the site more often because back at E3, 
we broke this story. <laughs> um, but yeah, a Wii U will not support GameCube. Okay, yeah, so exactly. No, it won't. Then it'll, but, it'll happen then. Yeah, yeah. it'll be on yeah. the virtual console. They'll have them up there. Yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, what if they could even like emulate Saturn games and get some Saturn games up there? That I know be... Saturn's like the hardest thing to emulate. Yeah. Um, cause there's like two separate processors or something and we... it's just a, a really wonky system, but yeah, I, I mean, why not? I want that though. Saturn games. There are a couple games that people Saturn want. Games. And what one of about firefighters? Panzer Dragoon. <laughs> Panzer Dragoon. Oh, yeah, Dragoon okay, so yeah. People love Panzer yeah. Dragoon. Even the original Knights. Super Shark. Yeah, Knights. Yeah. Really? Super yeah. Shark? Come on. Yeah, Super Shark. I think, I think for sure. I think, why not? I, I'm interested to see what they would be priced, but... Isn't isn't Sega CD, couldn't we get some Night Trap up in this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> that sure. was, I mean, going back to PAX East, that was one of Chris the... Chris Cross made my video. Was uh was playing some Night Trap. That's the first time I ever played Night Trap, and I, I don't think they I really played it. They should remake Night Trap. No, they shouldn't. Because the actress who did Night Trap is dead now. Ooh, creepy. <laughs> Next <laughs> question: also, uh, Will Resident Evil Six <laughs> and GTA Five be launch titles for the Wii U? Keep in mind that RE Six is released date of November twentieth, two thousand twelve, which would coincide with the probable launch of the Wii U. Um, yes, Mike. Answer yeah. this one. Um, it's like being a baseball. One, that's <laughs> not going to be the launch of the Wii U. The Wii U is coming out on November 18th. Sunday before Black Friday? Yes. Guaranteed. Booking it. I Unless buy. I do, I, I feel like it's... save again. Sunday before Black out, Friday, November 18th, If it's not out in September, if it's not, I do feel like there is a chance it could come out in September. I, I give that maybe 20% chance of it coming out in September. I'm almost I thought the same Sunday thing about Black Zelda. Friday. I thought the same thing about Zelda. No, and... the game always the the top tier game always comes out Sunday before Black Friday. The only reason I would say September for the system is that it it clearly is something that they have been working on for a long time, and they said it, they've they've never in the past said this could come out at any point this year. They've always said it'll come out in the holiday quarter with all these other consoles. Yeah. So I feel like they might squeeze it in at the very beginning of the holiday quarter at the end of September. A lot of big games come out then. That's when Gears 3 came out. That's when Halo Reach came out. Like, that's, that's when Skylanders the, came out. Yeah, that's that. It's, <laughs> it's it's the very start of the holiday season. Yeah. If it's not at the very start of the holiday season, it'll be Sunday before Black Friday. Yeah, and I it'll would basically be like that. late September or November 18th, 2012. Especially since they've been so burned on the 3DS and they really feel like, oh, 3DS, we shouldn't have launched this in March. That was a really horrible idea. Yeah. Um, and I feel like... If the 3DS had done well, I think that would lend more credence to a September launch. But the fact that it's not makes me think that they will revert, like they will revert back to their old ways Sunday before Black Friday. I still really enjoy, like I, I think there was an interview with Reggie, maybe around the holiday time, or I mean, whatever they were talking about, where they kept on reiterating Wii U coming out between E3 and the end of the year, where like somebody asked him, like, could it like come out right after E3? And Reggie just like, you know, I assume he just gave him a shit-eating grin and was just like. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're just, Deal like, with just, it. just picturing like being in that interview and Reggie just with that that smug ass smile, shrugging the shoulders, just being like, mm, maybe. Deal with it. Yeah. Speaking Too of the speaking of the Saturn, wasn't that the one that released like during E3? Yeah. They had this whole thing planned like Saturn Day and everything, and then they're just like, guess what? It's out right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the all the retailers got pissed. Yeah. Because they weren't given any time to prepare. Yep. Um, the so, next anyways, question. GTA Five. Um, oh yeah, GTA Five. Resident Evil. I feel like maybe, but Five yeah, did, yes. did Five come out? Did Five come out on the week? It didn't. No. Oh no. But 
But that's because it wasn't graphically comparable. The no. Wii U will be graphically comparable. Yeah. Right. So maybe. Yeah. Nintendo has a very good relationship with Capcom, so. And now the right. Revelations is on 3DS. So it's it's going to happen. I, I yeah. think so. GTA it's... 5, who the hell knows? Um, maybe? I don't even care. I, I'm I don't sick either. of GTA games at this point. Unless it takes place in 1980s Vice City, I'm not playing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the next question. Could Retro Studios be working on the next Star Fox for Wii U? If so, would this be a good idea, and how could they revitalize the series? Neil. Um, no. They're working <laughs> on... Um, I really doubt it. Um, I mean, we, we know that Retro is working on a Wii U title, and we know that it is something that, like, they it's the, the game they've always wanted to make. Um, I guess there's a small chance it could be Star Fox, but I just think that they are not the right team for Star Fox. Do you think it's an original IP? I don't think so. If it's the game they always wanted to make, I assume it would be based off of a notable Nintendo franchise. That's my, I mean, my, my mild, I guess my prediction for it is that they are working on another Zelda game. That's what I kind of believe. I know you do. We, we've actually talked about this like five we've times. About this. I, yeah, I don't I think, think Nintendo <laughs> will never hand Zelda off to a Western developer. I, I, I think that fucking Miyamoto said it. He said, I think Retro would, would do a good job on Zelda. And I bet you that there's somewhere like, you know, like Tanabe-san or something. It's just like, that son of a bitch. He did it when he talked about cats. He talked about swimming the one time and we had to cancel We Swim. The, damn it, Miyamoto. Like, I think that happened. Because, I mean, that's what, I mean, usually what Miyamoto kind of teases, that's what he's doing. Like, he, yeah, did, not... he did talk about how, like, oh, I, I got a cat and I've had fun with that. Nintendogs and Cats came out. He oh. talked about gardening. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got loose lips. Out. Yeah. And I think his comment, where he made the comment about, like, yeah, you know, I, th- I think Retro would do a good job on Zelda. I think, I mean, that's that's really when I started to believe that I think that, I, I believe that Retro Studios is working on a Zelda game that will be revealed at E3 this year and likely come out in 2013. I won't be surp- I will not be the least bit surprised if they are working on a 3DS Zelda game. Yeah, that I can see. That, that could be it. They'll be, or, the new, okay, they'll be the new Capcom studio doing handheld Zeldas. That could be it because we do know that the 3DS Zelda game is being worked on. Yes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. They'll, they hand they hand Zelda off to. We've talked about this on the show before. Next yeah. question. Um, <laughs> all right, um, but Star Fox for Wii U should be Q Games or Treasure. Right. Um, oh God, Treasure would make the best. Who would the Star Fox Assault? Oh, Shinnan. Shinnan would yeah, be, a, that would was be another really good another good Star Fox team. Yeah. But that's the thing is, I I feel like those three studios before Retro, like I don't think Retro would make a great Star Fox game. They would probably just make Star Fox Assault Part Two. <laughs> Which I would enjoy, but it wouldn't be a great Star Fox game. That Next game question was okay. Yeah, I I enjoyed it, but I acknowledge its faults. Is there any possibility that Nintendo could allow 3DS to stream to the Wii U so that handheld games could be played on a bigger screen with the Wii U? Imagine playing Resident Evil Revelations on a big LCD flat screen and use the U mote as the controller. Zach, hi. No. No chance in hell. Yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think that'll happen, but I do think there is a good possibility that the 3DS will be able to function as some sort of pseudo-controller. Well, sure. Or or there will be some sort of connectivity between ah. the systems. Ah. This connectivity thing you. works. It's a good idea. It doesn't work when you need four Game Boys and four Game Boy connection cables. Yeah. What are you yeah. It does work when it's all wireless, and it always <laughs> works. 
And when everyone you know owns a 3DS. Like, I feel like the 3DS by that time will be much more widespread than the Game Boy Advance was. Yeah. Well, Game Boy Advance was super widespread, but you couldn't, one, you couldn't find those cables anywhere, and two, no one really knew what they were for, it wasn't promoted well. Yeah. It just, if it just works with no accessories, it'll, it can take off. Sony's doing it with the Vita. Yep. 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 Or maybe we'll be able to transfar our games. Please don't (laughs) say Oh my god, I want to transfar things. We need to transfer more often, man. Can we change the name of the podcast to Transfar? Transfarity? No, isn't it? Isn't it connect with a with a K I N E C T? No, that's that's <laughs> next week's bonus. Segment. It will be next week. Yeah. Um, with the success of Resident Evil Revelations, is there any chance that the door could be open for more mature rated games to be made for the 3DS? I would love to see a No More Heroes and Dead Space for the 3DS sometime in the future. Oh my God, Dead Space um, would Dead be Space so. This was great. actually. I, I went to uh, the EA event that I talked about last week, and I was told that there was going to be a 3DS game revealed, which was incorrect. Um, but I had a feeling. I was like, you know what? Dead Space would be really awesome on the 3DS. Yes. And I still stand by that. That would be fantastic. I, I mean, would I, love to see a Dead Space game on 3DS. For now, I would even just be okay if they just ported the uh, the iOS Dead Space over yes. and just gave it, gave it real yeah. controls. Yes, because be awesome. I have that game on my iPod Touch. And yeah. my thumb takes up the entire fucking screen. Yeah, you can't so see anything. So it's hard to see, but I can tell it's an amazing game. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's a technical marvel, really. But yeah, I think it, that would be awesome. Make it downloadable, charge, I don't know, I don't care, charge 10 bucks for it. Yeah. You know, like, I would do that. I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Play with the Circle Pad Pro. I mean, totally. But yeah, I, I would love a more mature game. I don't know about you guys, but playing Resident Evil Revelations, I find like I get, it's more tense. I don't know if it's just because it's in my face, like, because I'm holding <laughs> it so close to my face and I'm playing with the headphones on. But like, it, to me, it's much scarier than, than if I was playing it on a TV across the room from myself. I agree. legitimately, like, jumped during one moment, because I was yeah. really into it, and then a fucking thing just dropped from the ceiling. Right. And, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was sitting in a chair, and I just went like, whoa! <laughs> I'm like, like shook. What yeah. did like what, I got spooked by something in a movie or something? What did you was, guys think of uh, Rachel? The first fight with Rachel, scary. I was freaking terrified. I mean, just because you hear her like talking and laughing, like as you're going before you even see her, you just hear her like whispering. Is that, and um, stuff. Is that the second boss where you find her where she got turned Corpse. into the zombie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's a lot of intense moments. And you you like chase that. her through the one hallway. Yep. Exactly, yep. And then you yep. don't know when she's going to pop out. That was a, a pretty excellent fight. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, that fight took you through the one room. I, there was the bathroom on the ship where there's the stalls, and every time you go in there, I hear the water running, and I swear the zombie's going <laughs> to pop out of the yeah. bathroom stall. You're just waiting for it. <laughs> it's just as I walk up to the stall, it doesn't pop out of there. It falls out of the ceiling right yep. on top of you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Really well executed, really well paced game too. I mean, just, just, I mean, there's these lulls where nothing's happening and then they just hit you with something and it's always so great. The only thing that sucks are the water enemies, I think, but. Yeah, I did not like, uh, the water segment. I I just played, I guess, the first water area. Well, do you, do you use those, uh, those pulse grenades on them? But you only get like two of them. Yeah, you don't don't have them right away. That's true, yeah. Well, let me tell you, in raid mode, once you boost up your stats, you're eventually carrying like 14 of them, and you can just <laughs> blow them all away. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh my gosh, raid mode is so good. I know. I've only <laughs> dabbled in it. I'm like a level seven or eight, but it's yeah. really, really good. I probably. I mean, I'm only. I, I think I'm on chapter six of the campaign, and uh, and I think raid mode I'm level five or six. But I really enjoy it. We're actually um, gonna do a community night for yes. Resident Evil raid mode 
on either the February 24th, 25th, or 26th. So uh, go check in on the forums. Let uh, me tell everybody right now, the goal for that community night is to get through the ghost ship. Okay. Okay? You haven't got there, Neil. It's the last level of raid mode, and it is so hard. I don't think you can beat it with one person. Cool. Yeah, it All is. Right. Um, well, I think Mike is going to pass out from hunger, and uh, i got to get <laughs> yeah, going, I've been eating too. about 12 hours. All right. Yes. Holy crap. All right. Um, so that's a that's a connectivity news segment. Um, that's what that is. Panel panel in April, guys. It's going to be great. Have fun later. Me. Woo. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> from Japan and Don Koopman from the Europe and I'm Tom- Neil Ronahan from the USA. Could you be a piece here- more Pacific? Because Europe is a very big continent, you know? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I was gonna say USA is pretty big too. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm being nationalistic for uh for this podcast right now. Damn you. Know, you. USA, USA. Go Japan. European um, football well, go. I guess to be more specific, Don is in the Netherlands and I'm in New Jersey. So I'm in Saitara Prefecture, obviously. Yes. Right. <laughs> Not obviously. Uh. <laughs> but uh we are going to talk about Sakura Samurai Art of the Sword, or as they call it in Japan, Danny. Hirari Sakurai Samurai Sakura Samurai. Yes. Or, as they call it in Europe, um, <laughs> it's not out yet. <laughs> I suppose it will just go with Sakura Samurai. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I would assume so. Maybe yeah. maybe they'll change the subtitle slightly, but... Or make, making the title even longer to make it more explanatory. <laughs> yeah. Like Sakura Samurai Letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Um, but yeah, so Danny and I both reviewed the game. Um, he was a little more positive on it than I was. I personally don't really like this game that much. Oh my goodness. I know, it's weird. Um, And it's especially weird because it seems like everyone else likes it so much. I mean, I don't know, it's just weird to me. Um, But the one thing, like the few things that I I really liked about this game was uh, it looks beautiful, especially in the 3DS. I mean, they have uh, a lot of cherry blossom stuff. There's even a neat little street pass, or I guess it's not even street pass mode, it's just like, you use the pedometer, and then you dedicate those steps, and you can unlock, like, cherry blossoms that bloom, and it looks really nice in 3D, mm-hmm. and in general, the game, it looks very crisp, I mean, it's not like it's, you know, like, cutting edge, like, it looks like Resident Evil Revelations, but it just looks very nice. Mm-hmm. 
And the general gameplay is very Punch Out esque, mm-hmm. as uh, except for you're a samurai instead of you know a, a little white dude from Brooklyn or whatever. <laughs> um, and you know you use your sword to look for tells that different enemies do dodge and then attack, and that's pretty much the game. There's three different worlds that you travel to, or I guess three lands, and a bunch of little like smaller events that are all on single screen with a couple enemies on them that you go through. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's hard to really talk about any anything about this game enthusiastically for me, because it was just... It's a game that I did not enjoy all too much. It's okay, just I don't really think it's that great. Yeah, fair enough. And, uh, Neil, one of the things that you mentioned in your review, too, is that, you know, the game is pretty slow-paced, and, you know, I, I totally agree with that, too, because... In the combat, I mean, what you're doing, you can have, you know, a screen full of maybe, you know, five or six guys, but they're not going to be all facing you all. You're not, they're not going to, like, gang up on you and just destroy you all at once. I mean, it's just a one-on-one kind of a thing. And that kind of plays to the, I guess, to the punch-out kind of thing where you have to, you know, kind of look at their tells and stuff like that so you can dodge, at, you know, just right, just at the right moment to uh, get out of the way and then attack. Um one element that they have in the ver- in the game too that I didn't really I I talked about a little bit in my review is you know with the dodging I don't exactly know what they call it in uh, English precision and, points oh, pre- precision points precision okay points. thank you yeah um, with the precision points that uh, I think that that can be maybe a bigger part part of the game that's it seems kind of like maybe it's even like a little bit overlooked because uh, I mean even if if, if you dodge you know, at the right second, then there's a counter at the bottom of the screen, you know, that's, that's keeping track of that constantly. And another thing... Yeah, and it resets whenever you, like, you know, uh, an enemy blocks your attack or you get hit or anything. Yep. So... Yeah. Or even, like, I found, too, even if you get too close to the enemy, that'll just kind of, like, you know, try to back you off, and that breaks yep. it, too, which is kind of annoying. Because I think one time I was up at, like, I think 70-something, and then it... Wow, wow. ...broke, and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but... One cool thing about that too, it, with the with the precision points, I mean, if you dodge it, you know, just the right second, then that also allows you even like extra attacks and stuff like that on your enemies, which is really helpful, especially at the the later parts of the game when you have enemies that are a lot stronger that aren't going to take just you know one swipe or you know yeah. a couple swipes to kill. Mm-hmm. It's like that. To, you know, you have just kind of a, a better chance, better chance to easily dispose of these guys just in case you mess up and get hit or something. So. You can also uh, get I mean, all of these uh, precision points if you uh, yeah, play your I mean, cards that's, right. That's right. That's one of my things that I feel like is uh, almost worthless about the precision points is that, Danny, you talked about in your review about how it was kind of like this high-score mechanic, like, you know, beat your, your highest precision points thing. Sure. And you also mentioned when we were talking before the show about how that would be cool if there was some kind of online leaderboard right. for how many precision points you get. Exactly. Which would be really cool. But when I played the game, there didn't really seem to be any reason to really care about that. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, you you don't really have any kind of in-game bonus, except for, I mean, you do get the extra attacks, but that doesn't mean you need to keep up your precision points meter high. You just need to dodge correctly and, you know, get a precision point and attack. And then if you lose it, it doesn't matter, because you can just do it again to get that same attack. Sure, sure. But you can get a lot of gold if you have a high precision point count, and then you go to one of the the stores in the towns Mm -hmm. to cash it all in. But for me... Like, as using that to get gold, it, it didn't really seem to be worth it, because there just really isn't a lot of things to buy in this game. Pretty much you have the four, or was it, no, no, just the three sword upgrades, 
And then you have different items that you can get, like there's, you know, you can sharpen your blade with a whetstone, um, there's health items, yeah. there's frogs that you can throw at enemies, there's knives you can throw at enemies, and outside of that, it's just like there's not really that much to buy, other than, like, if you're having trouble with the game. And if yeah. you're having trouble with the game, then you would, you would, I would imagine, lose a level, and then, like, the little kappa pops up, and you can just go to that level, and it doesn't really, like, it's usually a much easier level. And you get a ton of coins uh-huh. that then you can use. It's it, one thing. It's very easy to break to that momentum of your precision points and then have to start all over. So it's indeed not a very good way to get your money. Um, yeah. The mini games are also you can, you can yeah, pretty much lose it all at yeah. the, at one misstep. Yeah, and there are also from these separate mini games to play in the little towns, um, which that are all you, fundamentally the same. <laughs> yeah, but you can get some very easy money out of that. Like, if you put in all your coins and you know you're really good at it, you can get double the amount. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yep, right. And yeah. It, it, like, yeah, like I think one of the games that Don's talking about, it's like you bet you can bet up to like a hundred uh, rio. I don't. Do they call it rio in the English version too? Or no, they call it gold. It's just it's gold. gold. Okay. Just gold. Well, it, Whatever, it's old Japanese currency, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, you're betting like a hundred gold and, you know, it's basically if you can cut more, uh, cut like five watermelons, you can get at least like 150 gold back. Um, and then if you cut like all 10 or whatnot, you can get like 300. It, it's pretty ridiculous. And yeah. if you get really good at it, then you could just start raking in the money like crazy. And <laughs> I mean, I did that. You're a hustler. I just taking down people's watermelons. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not really that good at this. I've never really cut a watermelon before. Oh, ten in a row. What a payoff. <laughs> yep. And then, like, then you just do it again just for fun, even if you already maxed out on money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> going back to the items, even at that there are just four of them, like the health one, the frogs, the the daggers, and the whetstone? The, whetstone. Yeah. Yeah. You can only have like a certain amount on you. Yeah, and I, and I found that weird. I never really got to the bottom of this, but there were, um, because as you play the mini games, you, you accrue stamps, and when I got a reward for one of the stamps, then, like, I got a, more health items than I could carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for a while, I had, like, I think, like, something like eight, um, eight of the health items when you usually can only have five. Huh. Which I, I never really understood that, mainly because then I wrote the review and stopped playing the game, because <laughs> there was no reason after that. So there seems to be a way to carry more than that, but it's not permanent. Let's say, because I, I, I didn't happen to come across that, and I put in, like, well, I don't know, 10, 11 hours into the game, and I, yeah. I don't know. If I did do it, it would have been on accident, and I probably didn't even notice. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, this game has a, a lot of cool ideas, and I, I'm someone who likes Punch-Out, and that's probably part of the reason why I was so disappointed by it, is that... Outside of the bosses, then you know there are three of them, and they are all very cool mm-hmm. and and pretty challenging. In all honesty, mm-hmm. that that last boss is a is a son of a bitch. Yeah, he is. Um, mm. but all the other regular enemies, it's like it's almost like just picture Punch Out, but if you were to like go through the streets in between fights and and like beat up the same generic thug over and over again, and maybe sometimes the thug will throw rocks at you instead of punch you. And maybe he'll have, instead of, instead of like, having his fists, he'll have like, you know, like a, a dagger. Like, that's really what this game is. Except for, with Punch Out, you have all these different colorful characters that you're 
fighting against. And in this game, it's just generic enemy, generic enemy, generic enemy. And there's like, what, like five different types at best? Right, five or six, something like that. So for me, so, so for you, it would, you would say it's like Urban Champion. <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, like, it's unfortunate, but this is like Punch Out and Urban Champion meets Samurai Time. I see. I mean, it's just, except for, like, I almost wish instead of, like, killing these samurai, you could just, like, knock them into a, a manhole. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when you talk about the colorful characters, I mean, I, obviously that comes out, you know, with the bosses. Um, yeah, the bosses are excellent. Yeah, the that's the, the one thing. Exactly. That's one of my favorite things about the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just that there's only three of them. Yeah, and <laughs> I think too, even like the 3D effects in the bosses, that it's just it's amazing with it. Actually, I, I was playing it with with full 3D when I faced the first boss, and I remember I had to like turn it down because, I mean, he's like pointing that thing right at your face, like through this. It's like almost feels like it's coming to me. It's like, yeah. I don't know. You don't get that so much with a lot of you know 3DS games, so it's. I think the 3D effect on this is, it's really good, it's really well pronounced, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's pretty incredible what they did with it, I think. Um, on a side note, if you do want stuff like that where like enemies attack you and it goes through the screen, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. um, Nano Assault is coming out in Japan. Yeah. You should definitely check that out. Yeah, I heard about that. That is a fantastic game. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'll have <laughs> to do that for sure. Yep. I need to pick up but, myself too. Yeah. It's weird that it's not coming to Europe yet, but anyway, Sakura yeah. Samurai. <laughs> Sakura Samurai. Yes, Sakura Samurai. Um, and, and, like, after you beat it, there's the three different areas. I'd say probably your first playthrough, like, three, four hours, something like that, depending on how, how good you are at the game. If you have to grind more, then it'll obviously be more time. Yeah. Or, um, and you have those three different areas, three different bosses, and then you unlock, like, an expert mode. Mm-hmm. Have you Where have you tried enemies do double damage mm-hmm. and stuff like that? And um, you can only get you only have like one healing item throughout the whole duration of the game, which yeah. is pretty insane. Yeah, it was brutal. I did not get far through that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I but I mean, it's cool that it's there. Oh yeah. But at the same time, it's just the same damn game over again. Yes, it is. It is, and you know, it's. It, obviously, it adds a lot more challenge to it this time around too. Because I mean, it's basically. It's, one hit kill. You get hit once, you're dead. After you yeah. get like past a certain point, and I'm almost yeah. to the final castle on the hardest, you know, the hard mode. And you know, there are, you know, there are some of the items you can get that make things a lot easier. But I've been trying to challenge myself and just not use those and just go through. And it's, it's, you know, you make one mistake, you're dead. And it's like, oh my god, I have to like play this again. Yeah. But for me, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I've really enjoyed it, and that, that's why you know I went back to it and played it. You know, with the expert mode, I. Um, one thing that I think this game, this game does really well, you know, on top of the 3D2, I think the controls are just completely solid, and I think they absolutely have to be, especially at these boss battles, because usually, you, if you make a mistake, it's not, some, it's not, I never felt it was part of the game. If, if, if the mistake was made is because of me being an idiot or something, you know? Um, I never felt that it was because it was just cheap. I don't know, did, how did you guys yeah. feel about that? I mean, I definitely didn't think... I mean, control-wise, the, the game did handle very well. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, um, moving away with the B button and the circle pad and then moving forward, sometimes back to attack. Um, it works pretty well. It's very easy to handle. Although, I had a few times where 
uh, the camera, especially in the town in the castle area, it went a bit haywire, so it yeah. relocated with the L and R buttons. Yeah, so that, that that was always kind of weird, walking around in the town and stuff like that, especially if you get hung up. Like, especially in that first town, like, I do the the watermelon game, and it's, like, right behind, like, right then, right behind you is, like, a woman, or it's either a woman or, like, a sign or something, and you start walking towards it, the camera just kind of goes a little bit crazy, and I don't know. In the town, it's not really <laughs> so good, but, I mean, fortunately, you don't have to worry about it so much uh, when you're walking around the town. But, you know, in the battle, it's, it's, I've never had a problem with it in the battles, really, per se. Uh, no. Even, the, yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty solid in the battles. I I think the most fun I had with the game was with the, with, again, with that expert mode, which you talked about earlier, because um, it put out a layer of challenge for me, which I found really intriguing. Um, and next to that, the, the 30, 1500 man challenges. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. are timed, and you have to just play through hordes of enemies to get a high score, which was just a little bit of fun. Yeah, like I said, and like I said before, I think they really missed out with having some kind of online leaderboards, and it's so dumb too. Because if you think about it, I mean, this is a yeah. downloadable title. Who, who the hell wouldn't be able to get online if you bought this thing online? You know, so it's like I don't quite understand why they couldn't. Have, added some kind of functionality like that, you know, leaderboards for, you know, the the precision points, which is uh, it's stupid because those end at 99, too, which is ridiculous. So I I would love to continue on to, like, a 1,000 or something, but you stop at 99. It's like, I did that, yeah. and that's it. You know, yeah, you can get a ton of money, you know, from doing that, but it's like, man, I want a little bit more of a reward than that. Um, it, would, it would certainly keep you enticed playing it after a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then like, oh, look at Neil. Oh, he only has six precision points. <laughs> I have 682. <laughs> I think I crept out of like 21 times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I just think they, they really missed it, a good opportunity with that. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, something that I didn't find out until kind of recently is who actually developed this game. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's published by Nintendo, and that, that was obviously publicized. But it was actually uh, developed by Grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are the, they're the team that's, uh, you know, they got people who worked on Panzer Dragoon, Space Channel 5, Res. Oh, well, okay. Um, they're working okay. on Project Draco on Connect, And they've made a couple other uh, DSiWare and WiiWare games, like uh, Pop-Up Pursuit and... The Royal Bluff. Um, oh, I love that. Are all these like book, yeah. which are all these uh, book related games? But hmm. yep. So that's the developer, um, hmm. which I, I did not really have any idea who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but, I didn't really even pay yeah. any attention. I uh, I play I played the hell out of the Royal Bluff, especially with friends. Um, that was yeah. Really I don't really know anything about that game. Um, I just remember it coming out, and I never remember hearing anything else. It's a it's a perfect party game if you have people with a DS around. Um, especially the same goes for <laughs> Papa Pursuit. So that's where there are two endeavors, and this more is a single player endeavor. So that's quite interesting there. Yeah. yeah. But um. Back to Sekiro yeah. Samurai. In terms of like price, I mean, do you? I mean, yeah, I know you. You know, you're a little bit. You know, have a little bit of a negative tone when it comes to your, you know, overall opinion of the game. But I mean, when it comes it's to seven bucks, yeah, right? se- seven bucks, seven hundred yen in, in Japan and unreleased in Europe as of right now. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of you know price and, ter- and then like you know what 
I guess, the amount of time that you've had with the game. I mean, do you, well, how do you think it's like worth it? Do you think that it's a good correlation there? I mean, what, how do you feel about that? Um, well, I am admittedly weird when compared to other people. Cause I'm not <laughs> one of those people that it's just like, well, I spent $10 on this game. It should give me 40 hours of gameplay. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I got four or five hours out of it, even though I, I didn't like it that much. I mean, $7 for four or five hours of gameplay, I'm totally fine with that. Sure. I spend $10 to go and watch a movie for two hours, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, is it... It's more of, you know, I, I kind of wish I didn't spend five hours with it, but... <laughs> oh. Like, you know, I mean, even if I didn't review it and I bought it and I still managed to put a, you know, a couple hours into it, it's it's not worthless. Yeah, I, I feel kind of the same way. It's like, you know, I, I put a little bit more time in than you did, you know... Um, even for the review, I think by the time I finished, re- I did the review, I think I had like nine hours or something, but I don't know, I, I felt like, man, this is like 700 yen, you know, I had this much, I spent this much time with it, and I was going to like get a little bit of a lower score because of that, but I was thinking, and it's like, hey, you know, this is only 700 yen, this is, if this is like a, you know, a 5,000 yen yeah. game or something, you know, a $40 game, that'd be ridiculous, I'd say, okay, this is stupid, I mean, it's it's cool, but it's like, for that much money, what, are you kidding, but, you know, for the price, I think it's suitable for the amount of, you know, uh, enjoyment or time that you can get out of this game. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, see, see, that's the thing, is that, I mean, even with longer games, like, if a game's like 10 hours and I spent 50 bucks on it, I'm still not even really going to be that bad out of shape, because, yeah. like, I don't really want to spend, like, 20 hours on games these days. I understand. <laughs> it has to be a very damn good game for me to want to spend that much time with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I spend... I think around nine hours with it, and I really think it's worth the money. Um, yeah. Again, I, I'm not as negative as uh, as you knew, and not as positive as Danny. I'm a bit a bit in the middle, middle, split a little bit in the middle. Sorry. You are the middle um, man. Yeah. <laughs> there are some there are some stuff that I like better. Um, there's some stuff I hate a little more. Um, <laughs> but uh, you could say I'm a seven point five. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I certainly think it's worth the money. Um, mm-hmm. But it yeah. it's, it has a very distinct taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I think if you're somebody who absolutely loves Japan, like samurai, like that type of stuff, I think you could find you know you could have a good deal of fun with this game. Um, yeah, it is, it is perfect for Japanophiles. Exactly, exactly. I, you know, I'm obviously somewhat of one. I live in Japan for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, if, if, if that's you, then that's, you know, I think you'll find a lot of enjoyment out of this game. If that's something that you don't really particularly care for, um, you know, honestly, you might want to, you know, kind of stay away from it. But, um, I think it's still solid, but, you know, there, there are issues. It's, it's definitely not perfect. Alright. Um, so Sakura Samurai, it's out in North America and Japan for approximately $7. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be coming out in Europe soon, so uh, keep an eye out on that. And um, I, I, I yeah. think we get first that uh, that uh, Fru Space sequel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you also got Kirby's Block Ball. Instead, we got oh. Maru's mission. Like, what the hell? <laughs> We've had Cl- Kirby's Block Ball here for months, months and Shut months. Shut up. <laughs> we have like <laughs> there's like 47 virtual Kirby's, console games. Kirby's Block Ball. Kirby's Block Ball is not that good. Eh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um yeah, that's it. Um Sakura Samurai. It's okay, I guess. Yeah. It's not a bad game. It's not a All great right. game, but it's not bad. 
Talk to y'all later. Boom. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the uh, discussion between myself, Zach Miller, uh, Scott Thompson. Hello. And returning guest host, Andy Gergen. Hello. It's been so long. So long. <laughs> uh, this this is going to be kind of an interesting discussion. Um, we, Me and Neil got into a Twitter argument about a rumor, and I should, I should stress this is complete speculation, that the Xbox 720... Or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, I heard Durango today. <laughs> Does it have all-wheel we'll, drive? Yes. We'll, uh, we'll lock out used games. You won't be able to play used Xbox 720 games on the Xbox 720. I don't know how that would be done. Maybe through a download? I have no idea. They'd probably um, do it through a download code, I would think. Yeah, download code like PCs. So I started this conversation on Twitter by saying, basically, uh, this is interesting, I'm all for it, whatever fucks GameStop in the ass. <laughs> and then Neil said, wait a second. So we had a big, long argument that eventually turned into him really loving Connect. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm not sure how it got there, but that's where it ended up. But the logical train of thought, that yeah. totally makes sense. <laughs> So uh we're going to we're going to continue that uh conversation here and um give it to me guys why do you uh why do you think this is a shitty idea Well before we go, jump into like into whether or not it's a good idea because I think that could that's going to be an interesting conversation but let's start with like the logistics of how this would even be possible cuz we talked a little bit about okay so they're going to have a download code and by that I mean probably like a CD key that you could that would come with each game, but there's an important there's an important key there, and that's that every console has to be online enabled. And right. I think I read I read, I read a survey, or not a survey, a news article that said only about 75 percent of Xboxes and PS3s were connected to the internet. So, mm -hmm. like, if Microsoft decides that they're going to have some sort of a copy protection scheme, or a used game protection scheme, I, sh I should say, that blocks out all but the uh, the authenticated copies, they've just they just cut themselves off a quarter of their of their market. This is true. Like that's insane. That's a yeah. lot of people to say, "Oh, well, if you can't figure out how to get your console online, you you can't use it." Right. But don't you think that um, the number of people connecting it to the internet is only going to go up over time? Yeah, probably, but but still you don't want to limit your your user base. It's well, not launching true. in it's not launching in six years, it's launching in two years. Like <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe that number goes up to eighty, eighty five percent in two years. You're still talking about lopping off ten to fifteen to twenty percent of your you know of your user right. base that doesn't wanna doesn't want to go online with their with their console. 
Um, sure. I, I don't know how big of like PC gamers you guys are, but I, I play a lot of PC games, and I mean this is. I been played a... Croc, Legend of the Gobos. <laughs> so, so you're pretty with it, Zach. You're pretty. Oh honest. yeah, um, I'm right on the cutting edge. But this has been kind of I don't want to call it an epidemic, but it's been a big issue for God, I don't know, seven or eight years now, where companies are trying to figure out how to you know prevent piracy. And one of the big things is DRM, and and one method used specifically by EA quite a bit is forcing you to be connected to the internet, like to validate that your game's authentic before you can play, and then needing you to be online the entirety of the time you're playing. So, and I mean, computers are much more likely to be connected to the internet than Xboxes, and even that was such a big deal, and people were very upset about it, and they're always... You know, these instances where, well, maybe I'm not online, like maybe my internet's down, or maybe I'm playing on my laptop and I'm not, you know, I'm not on Wi-Fi. Well, that was a, that was a big to-do with some PSN games, like um, Bionic Commando Rearm 2 and the HD version of, uh, what, Fatal Fury 3 or something? Mm-hmm. They, they require you to be on the internet uh, yeah. when you play them. Well, and wasn't there some deal with, like, I want to say Spore specifically, but I think there was other games as well where they only had a limit of, like, three activations? Yeah, you could only install yeah. it, you could only install it three times. And, and, all, you, and, you, and you couldn't, it. you couldn't reclaim those. It's not like you could say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go format my computer and reinstall Windows. Let what? me re, let me reclaim this authentic, authentic, authentication and then what, redo it once I'm done. What they, what they did offer, and I could be wrong because it's been years now, but supposedly if you used all three but you needed more, you could contact customer support and explain the situation and then they would give you more codes like more activations um, which just seems so shitty and such like a huge ordeal to just install your game on another computer um, but yeah I don't know I mean this isn't completely unheard of this idea of trying to prevent you know used game sales I mean right right now if you buy an EA game that has any online functionality there's a you know a code you have to enter to get online and once you enter that code that's it and that's well, and- and not even that, but look at like Batman Arkham City. They've locked a good couple hours of the single player campaign in the yeah. form of Catwoman behind a code. And that's stupid. I mean, like, how, how insidious to say like that that's DLC, the Catwoman stuff, when it's intricate and like interwined into the, this, the story proper. I feel bad for people who bought the game new but didn't bother to enter the code because they thought they didn't need it till afterwards. I actually bought the game at a Blockbuster closing, store closing clearance sale and it came with a copy of the, uh, actually came with two copies of the code. Um, and neither one of them worked because the game, you know, prompts you when you play it to put the code yeah. in. Did but, you uh, uh, did you buy the code then? Yeah, I had five dollars in credit sitting left over from Christmas, and I just threw five dollars more on there, and I I I bought it. I haven't even played it yet because I'm still trying to fight through Uncharted Three. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I I did pay for the Catwoman deal. So. I'm uh I'm not I'm not entirely opposed to EA's plan there with charging you basically to if you buy the game used to be able to get online with it again, you know. Oh yeah. Or charging no. you for this, basically, <laughs> cleverly finding a way to lock away part of the campaign. I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I think. I mean, because the developers get at least something out of it. But to bring it back to the the genesis of this conversation, a, a system that is entirely locking out used games. As much as I, I don't like GameStop and I don't like their philosophy, it just seems like it penalizes their user base more than more than GameStop. Well, I, just... I mean, let's think about this. Let, let, let let's think about this. Let's say that the Xbox 720 locks out used game sales. That means you either have to buy your game new for God knows how much next generation games are going to cost. $6,000. (laughs) $6,000. And that's on sale. Uh, 
Or, let's be real, uh, you can buy them through XBLA. And see, that that's the route I thought it was going to go. I thought they were going to just make pretty much everything available in online to for download. And that's that would what the be, Vita's doing. Right, and that, that would be their big push, and that's how they would get more sales away from, from GameStop. Okay, but there's there's some problems with that though. Like I have, you know, I have several Apple devices. I used to have an iPhone. Now I've got an iPod Touch and an iPad. You know what those devices do that no current console really does, as far as I can tell. I don't have a PSP, so I haven't really messed too much with PSN. But um, like, it's super easy for me to fire up a new Apple device. Like, just go to the store right now and buy a new iPod, new iPod Touch. Bring all of my apps over. I can delete, download, reinstall. I don't. I don't know if there's a number, maximum number of devices I can have my apps on, but I do know that it doesn't give me any hassle when right. I want to download, right. re-download it. I don't have to worry about, you know, whether or not my my profile is tied to the to the to the hardware. I don't have to like reassign my my primary device to my to my profile to my user account. No, it just works. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like, and, that, and and that's why I don't mind giving Apple. And that's why I don't, I don't. That's why I don't mind giving Apple a shit ton of money for for software. I mean, granted, the other part of that is that I know I'm never paying more than five dollars for any particular piece of software unless right. I've had a lot of time to think about it and it's something that I really, really need for like work or whatever. But like, I don't spend more than five dollars at a time for anything on, on on Apple. And on top of that, their their you know DRM is incredibly generous compared to every other hardware platform there is right now. Like right. I have, I have two Xboxes in my house, but like trying to get con, con- uh, content transferred between them is kind of a hassle because it really wants to be tied to one Xbox, yeah. and yeah. that's stupid. I, I, and until the, the the fall dashboard update, I had to c- bring my profile back and forth upstairs on a thumb drive. Yeah, that was the worst. Yeah, how it wouldn't let you have two active profiles on like two two separate systems. Well, and they could change that. They could improve that. They could learn from the mistakes of this. Last generation, and prove it. They certainly well, could, but and, and what I'm saying is they're going to have to if they're going to try to pull this kind of used game bullshit. Well, the, to me too. Just one more point, then Zach. I want to hear you kind of defend your position a little bit. But to me, I mean, this even Uh-oh. hurts. This even just hurts you, like letting a friend borrow a game. You know, I mean, how does that work? I mean, you just can't do that anymore. I mean, a friend you could tell them about the game, and then they have to go buy it. You can't just Maybe. let them borrow it for a week. I mean. Maybe you can well, transfer authentication. And yeah, what about what, what about what about game rentals? Like, how's GameFly going to work? GameFly is not going to work for the Xbox 720. <laughs> you heard well, it here first. <laughs> well, hold on. Here's, That's not entirely true. I mean, what if what if GameStop gave you gave you a like two week authentication code or something? I mean, you granted, mean, you mean GameFly? Yeah, yeah, GameFly. Like, they could they could give you a code with the game that they've. Authorized a deal with from you know yeah. EA or Microsoft or whatever it it could it could work but it would require it could. a lot more communica- or communication and cooperation between entities that aren't known for doing that right sure but it would be a massive effort yes but so Zach why are you, why are you in favor of this like so strongly I you know I have written many a screed about GameStop and they're never getting any better. And I think that in the short term, if this screws over gamers a little bit, it will be really fun and fulfilling to watch GameStop crumble and die 
as their major source of revenue goes away. And then when they do declare bankruptcy, these limitations can be eased. Yeah, this is so great. To me, this reminds me of, like, the video game version of, like, the Patriot Act, where you're like, well, basically, we gotta give up some of our freedoms if we're gonna stop those terrorists. Yes. And once yeah. they're gone, <laughs> once they're gone, we'll stop tapping your phones. Like, we're not, gonna, is, we're not gonna monitor what you're doing online. <laughs> it is the greater good, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Zach, without GameStop, how could you possibly pre-order Halo 4? Well, I wouldn't be pre-ordering You're not Halo going to be able 4. to do it. You're, you're screwed. Just, just admit it, you're totally screwed. You'll never right. find it. <laughs> it's not like I can go to Best Buy anymore and, and take one of those little pre-order cards to the front and, and get DLC for it. Or, if, or, on, or on the day the game comes out, just buy one of the like 800 copies that they'll have. What? But what, what? If, but what if you wanted to spend $5 on nothing in particular months before the game comes out? <laughs> <laughs> then what are you going to do? I think I'll I get know, it. I know, man. Night. See, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing to me. Um, <clears throat> there... I see I see why there's a used game market. I myself have bought used games. But I I I don't really buy that many used games for current generation consoles, believe it or not. I you know, I don't buy that many games period, but when I do buy games, I tend to buy them on the day they come out. Yeah. You know, I bought Dead Space 2 when it came out. I bought uh, Soul Calibur 5 when it came out, I bought, I don't know, what else have I bought? You know, things that, if I really want it, I'm gonna buy it on day one, I'm not gonna wait, uh, for it to come out. Or, if I sorta want it, but I can wait, I'll wait three months and the price will drop $20. Yeah. You know, there are ways you can get a game cheaper than, I mean, Amazon, go to Amazon. You can get the game five bucks off day one. So, so to my mind, GameStop is doing more bad than good to the industry at large. I, and, I, go ahead. And, and I see no reason for them to exist. I mean, I see a reason for them to exist, but they don't have to exist. I don't think we as gamers would be taking such a hit. And if they were to go away and, you know, in the meantime, Download the game on XBLA. It'll probably be cheaper than, I mean, that would be the night, the dream. If the digital copy was cheaper than the physical copy, and that's what they're doing on PS Vita. Yeah, it's such a ballsy move though. I mean, I so, don't know. That's... So one thing we haven't really talked about though, and this is a piece of the puzzle that's sort of the most important to me is the ability to sell your games. Not, not just to GameStop, but, I sell I sell games on eBay fairly often because I I live in a world right now where uh, I live in a reality I should say right now where <laughs> if, if if I if I don't sell games back I don't get to play new games right like I, I basically have to clear out my collection every time something new comes out that I really really want like I sold like three or four of my favorite like Wii and DS games when the 3DS came out because I wanted to get one at launch and I'm yeah. I'm kind of regretting it now but I also understand that these things are not generally rare commodities. If I want to go buy a new copy of DKCR, I can go do that. Like, it's not that hard to find. I just got to figure out when I feel like spending 40, 50 bucks on it, depending on how much I find it for. But right. that's the thing is I, if getting on an XBLA sounds great. And I, I love the idea of not having to get up off my lazy ass and put a disc in. <laughs> but at the same time, man, it's hard for me to justify spending $30 in a game when I don't have that safety net of turning around and selling it for 25 after I beat it. 
Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, that your argument, Zach, is great for GameStop because I agree at their practices in terms of what it does to the actual developers of games, I mean, basically stealing money from them is awful, but that's not the entirety of the used game market. It's a huge share of it. But, yeah, what about just just selling games, I mean, person to person? I mean, like like Andy here, just selling stuff on eBay. I mean, you completely cut that out. So it's like you buy a game and you beat it, and you're just stuck with it because now it's worthless. <laughs> you can't do anything with it. And and I've heard the, well, argu- I've heard the argument that it, you have to kind of change your perspective and when you buy games now that you're not so much buying the game, you're basically purchasing, the, like, a license to play the game. Being yeah. the ability to play the game. Exactly. And so you have to kind of change your perspective. But that just seems... I don't know. That just seems crazy, and, it, and it's, uh, we, it's unlike any we, other medium right now. I mean, I guess uh, I agree. No, movies are kind of similar, I sort think. of. But you could you could still go buy DVDs and then sell them. No, that's true. Can we can we agree that this is, you know, unfortunate or not? Probably where the industry's headed. Well, I think the industry's headed more towards digital downloads in general. Um, I think we're sort of in an awkward in-between stage. Between, like, we're sort of now being asked to deal with the restrictions of digital download without the convenience of it. Um, one of the things I would kind of like to see if they actually go forward with this is, hey, maybe let me install my game to the hard drive and don't ask me to put a disk in every time. Because the authentication isn't on the disk anymore. It's on you know, my, my profile. So if that's, the, you know, if, if, if that's the kind of thing they're going to let me do, then I might be more receptive to being being required to buy new new copies. Um, on top of that, I think if they're gonna if they're going to demolish the used game market on Xbox, they have to lower the price of new games, or at least or at least make some sort of like requirement that game prices come down after a while. Because I tell you what, the amount of games I buy at sixty dollars is incredibly low. If they, they they want me to buy every piece of like full-blown retail content at $60, then I'm going to buy three games the entire generation because it's just not going to happen. And, the, right, and two right. of them are going to be NCAA football. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. But yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you, Zach. I think this is sort of inevitable, you know, the the move to a digital format. But it's still, in the, for the time being, doesn't justify, you know, completely cutting off that market, not to mention that user base who thrives in that market, like Andy, who can't afford to buy $60 games every week, you know, right. like most yeah. people who probably can't, which is why GameStop is so successful. I really think they need to just talk to GameStop and say, like, if, if you're going to thrive off of our business, then you're going to work with us, because if not, then we'll just stop going to you. I mean, people can go other places to buy games. I mean, and, and for every GameStop, probably right. in the same shopping center, there's a Target and a Best Buy and a Walmart. Exactly. Exactly. Or Amazon. <laughs> why don't we? Uh, why don't we turn this topic a little bit more towards uh, towards our forte and just what kind of solution could you see Nintendo coming up with to deal with the used game problem? Because I certainly don't see Nintendo ever trying to put together a system where you have to be online to authenticate a new copy of the game because that doesn't jive at all with the direction they've gone for the last well, ten years. Let's preface this, Andy, by saying they are apparently now in bed with GameStop. Well, they certainly have done quite a few exclusive deals with GameStop, that's yeah. for certain. Mm-hmm. And I, I've sort of, you know, hypothesized that, or maybe not, that might not be the right word, but kind of uh, thought that maybe GameStop will sort of run Nintendo's, the Wii U's online, you know, at least shop infrastructure in some way. They might have their hand in it. Cause well, I know, I, I, I know this, GameStop is developing sort of a competitor to OnLive. Yep. I mean, what if, what if you didn't have to buy the new Mario game, what if you could just pay to stream it? 
Hey, now that I like. Depending on the price, the pricing model. I mean, it probably wouldn't be a subscription like we'd all want. It'd be you, you spend maybe forty, not sixty, to play it for you know three months or something like that. Um, but you know, they're developing that technology, and with the uh, the Wii would certainly have the horsepower to take advantage of it. I mean, with a thin client, you don't need that much. But right. once again, you'd have to have a really solid broadband connection to your home, and Nintendo has not generally put out products that require that. So I don't know. That's true. They they. Hmm. You know, I, I think E three E three is just going to be really interesting because we are probably going to hear about the next box, and we're going to get a better taste of what Nintendo's online strategy is going to be. So, you know, I, I, don't, I honestly do not, honestly, I don't think that this Xbox locking out used games is going to happen, but it I is agree. an interesting, it is an interesting concept. And I can see someday, you know, in the shiny digital future, something like this happening, you know, in the far flung future, in the next, in the next console cycle after this next one. Right. I agree. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's here yet. I don't either. I mean, I long for the day where whenever I move, I don't have to fill two boxes with games. I don't know. I'm a sucker. I mean, because I still have my Super Nintendo and NES and Sega Genesis. I'm I'm kind of a sucker for those things. At least the old stuff. I guess I don't really care about like the jewel cases holding my Wii games now or something. Yeah. You know, like that doesn't matter to me. But. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I'm I guess I'm ready to pretty much call it digital. I mean, PC games I just buy all through Steam now. I don't go out and buy yeah. the actual copies. So, yeah. well, I've kind of gone through this in, in, in stages as well because I don't know something like 2005 or so. I was I I started, I kind of changed my my mindset on on music and I thought I want to go I want to go record shopping. I'm going to buy CDs every week <laughs> and I'm going to buy vinyl records and. And, you know, I did that for, like, three or four years. I, I spent a lot of money on physical copies of music from, like, 05 to, like, 07. <laughs> and then suddenly it dawned on me that I would buy a CD, I would put it in my computer, I would rip <laughs> it to my iPod, I would put it on the shelf, and I and would never, never touch, it again. touch it again. And finally, like, after a couple of years, maybe, like, in 2008, 2009, I realized that I hadn't bought a CD in a long time. Now I buy all my music digital, but... I also have a lot of control over what I do with that music. I'm buying yeah. it. I'm not buying it from the 2005 circa iTunes store where I can have it on three computers or whatever. I'm buying it from Amazon MP3 where it's literally nothing more than an MP3 file. Um, right. And then I'm kind of going, going through the same thing with my movies. You know, up until about two years ago, I spent a lot of money on DVDs. I have a giant shelf of DVDs that I never watch. And I then this this Christmas I got an Apple TV, so I bought a two gig two terabyte hard drive, and I've been ripping them all. And I've got like a hundred gigabytes now, or no, about a full terabyte. I'm sorry, of Damn. of ripped DVDs, and I'm starting to watch movies and TV shows that I forgot that I even had. <laughs> like I've been rewatching the first season of Scrubs. That's great. I that's, love that show. That show really that's still holds up. Um, Eagle. It's, <laughs> it's kind of fun to go through all these movies that I haven't seen in so long. Um, I, don't, I don't even have the time to watch them all because I'm starting to realize how many goddamn movies I have, and it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, at, at this point, you know, my wife and I built this really nice, like, wall-sized DVD rack about two years ago, and now I kind of want to put all my DVDs in a box and trash the shelf. <laughs> because, 
I don't I don't need them anymore. They're available on a menu on my Apple TV, and that's yeah. and that's good enough for me. And I'm not quite ready to go there with games yet, but my my biggest hang-up is that resale value. I just sold three games on eBay today. Granted, they didn't sell for much, but they'll buy me something. I can probably get pay for most of a 3DS game with them. So yeah. But Andy, you can't rent. Uh, you can't buy used. Uh, well, no, that's not true. What? You can't buy used digital copies of movies and music. No, but I can have a Blockbuster cl- uh, store closing sale and pick up five movies <laughs> and bucks, which I did yesterday. <laughs> That's my other reason. I haven't jumped on the whole Blu-ray bandwagon because it's a lot harder to rip Blu-rays, as I understand it, and they take up a hell of a lot more hard drive space. So I'm still, oh, yeah. I'm still buying DVDs because they're they're super cheap right now. I stopped buying DVDs a long time ago and. The only, just because they're they're expensive. Well, and, everything's uh, on Netflix too. I mean, it's hard to justify paying for a TV show when you can just go on Netflix and watch it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I well, we don't even have streaming anymore, but um, yeah, I, I only buy Blu-rays and I only buy them when they're on sale at Target. Yep. Yeah, and and most of that, honestly, I'm replacing my DVDs. With speaking Blu-rays. of uh, speaking of retail outlets that are not fair to the customer, so and also uh, speaking of Blockbuster. <laughs> I, so like I, said, I mentioned $4 the, for a one night rental folks. The blockbuster that is by my house is closing Like most blockbusters do And uh, they had I don't know if you saw this picture of mine on Facebook uh, Zach They um, they had a copy of Terminator 2 Judgment Day um, And it was like a Blu-ray DVD combo pack With like a digital download yeah. um, But it was like this really plain packaging It was just a black case with a black label And like silvery white like, not even really a, a font. It was just sort of the plain text. Um, and they were selling it for a hundred and twenty-four ninety-nine. What? And I looked at it, and I'm like, well, that's odd. This so has I, uh, to be a typo. Well, you'd think, right? <laughs> so I, so my wife, like, looked it up on, on Google, and she found out that it's actually supposed to come with a giant metal Terminator skull. But oh, they didn't have nice. the, they didn't have the skull, but they didn't even know that, so they just marked it up for one hundred and twenty five dollars and put it on the shelf. Oh, and so I like I, I brought it up to a to an employee who didn't really care because the store was closing, and he was like, "Wow, that's that's bad. We should probably not sell that." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so he put it behind the counter. I went back to that blockbuster a week and a half later, and they not only had, not only had they put it back out, but below the one hundred twenty four ninety nine price tag, they wrote thirty percent off eighty eighty four ninety nine. Nice. Handwritten, I was like, oh my god, how can you, how could you have taken the time to write this out by hand and still not thought to question why you're selling a copy of Terminator 2 on Blu-ray for like $90? Are you out of your damn mind? This is why your store is closing. Seriously. We still have blockbusters up here and I think they're doing okay. We had like six in Des Moines and all of them but two closed and now I think one of those two is closing. But like I mentioned, I think to I think to Mike on Twitter maybe like three or four months ago, he was like, "I want to go get this DVD, but I can't find it in stores." I was like, "Just go to Blockbuster and rent it." And he was like, "Dude, we haven't had a Blockbuster in years." Like, do really? do do your blockbusters are are your blockbusters in little mini malls with supercuts and Papa Murphys? Uh, yeah, basically. Isn't that weird? Yeah, they must all be owned by the same people. I think there's Papa Murphys right next door to the one. I'm not sure about supercuts though. Yeah, so we had a bunch of blockbusters and Papa Murphys, and they both all closed down at the same time. <laughs> so. 
Alright guys, so that's used games plus me ranting about Blockbuster <laughs> and uh, that's about it. Um, if you have any comments about this whole used game thing, if you're if you have any ideas for how Nintendo might implement some sort of an anti-used game technology, I don't quite see it, but I'd, I'd be kind of curious to see what people might think they would do. Um, shoot, us, shoot us an email at connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, well, right. gentlemen, thank you for sticking around with me. No problem. Andy, thanks for uh, handing off your screaming infant to your wife for <laughs> half hour. I, uh, I'm going to try to do this a little more often. The, as, as my as my darling little child gets a little bit older, she gets a little bit calmer uh, day by day. Go. But it's still good, good. still tough for me to uh, to hand her to the wife for two hours and say, okay, you deal with her. I'm going to go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but... I think I, I think it's it's getting better, and so I hopefully be able to be on the show a little bit more often going forward. I like being on the show; I, I miss it. So and that's why we I keep, miss oh, yeah. you. That's why I keep sending listener mail in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, gents. Well, I'm gonna go eat dinner. All right. Bye, Bye well, y'all. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.